Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Today, I'm catching up with Danish artist Rune Christensen. How you going, Rune? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Ah, no problem. So, um, yeah, I don't know a great deal about you. I've just, uh, I've just been looking at your art on Instagram and, and I love it. And I thought, oh, this is one guy I'd like to um, find out more about. So, um, do you mind uh, telling me uh, where you're from and how you got into art? Um, I'm from Denmark. I'm based out of Copenhagen. I'm not from there, um, but I, I live and work in Copenhagen. Uh, right now, actually, I'm in my small cabin in my hometown for the summer holidays, where I also have a small studio. Um, it's kind of more of a, not countryside feel, but but small town feel. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a, in a smaller town in, in, I guess I'm in the 90s, discovered graffiti through, I guess, hip hop and a friend that went to boarding school and met some people that painted graffiti came back and was like, Hey, look at this. Uh, did that for some years. Um, and then I kind of had a break of maybe two or three years where I didn't do anything creative at all. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm, I miss doing something, but I wasn't interested in painting graffiti at the time anymore. So I bought some cheap canvas and started fiddling around and started getting into stencils, doing a little bit of stencil work uh, out on the streets because I kind of missed the street stuff. Um, and then slowly just transferred into just painting canvas and paper. And yeah, doing that more and more and more. Um, I started doing a lot of traveling um, in early 2000s uh, where I met my wife and she's, she's Canadian. So we met in on a trip well, I was in Egypt, she was in Egypt. And um, then we were traveling for quite many years together. And I think a lot of that uh, traveling and meeting different cultures and, and you and I both just talked about India and I went to India quite a few times in Nepal and, and, and that area. And I think the colors and the patterns and the, you know, all the masks and the gods and the goddesses and all that stuff really influenced my work a lot. Um, and started diving more into historical paintings and, and that, that kind of stuff. And then recently I started doing some murals again through an old friend of mine that grew up with me painting graffiti. And he kind of sort of kept going with graffiti for a very long time and, and went directly from that into murals. And then he's kind of crossing into canvas and gallery work now. And I kind of wanted to get into some mural stuff. Uh, so we kind of traded a little bit. I helped him with the, with the canvas and gallery world and he helped me with the mural world. So so I started doing some bigger size and, and this, this, that's just, that was really nice getting back into that. Um, yeah, do you find your, um, your artwork translates uh, quite well when to paint large? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think, I think it, it's, it's some of it does. I think the newer stuff that I've been doing, I haven't tried to do as murals yet. Um, I did, um, I did a couple of festivals where I did some big still life paintings, like the kind of like Greek bosses and uh, a horse rider which was pretty easy to do big but i'm not too sure about the new stuff because it has a lot of watercolors and, and stuff like that those kind of techniques in it like basically the canvas is laying down and there's a lot of water dry like water paint drying 
and I'm not sure how how I'd be able to trans transfer that into a wall. But but yeah, maybe maybe it's it's possible with the new stuff as well. But I've I found it actually I think also because I was used to painting graffiti, and and um, that it was not that scary to go on a big wall. Yeah, yeah, it can often be daunting for the first time. Uh, you know, working on you know paper and canvas, and then going to yeah. paint large yeah. scale. Yeah, I think that the, I think the thing for me was that I was lucky to have my friend that I, that has done like I don't know, a lot. <laughs> um, so he, so so first time I did one, he was painting a wall next to me at a festival, and then when I was doing my first big like mural on a on the side of a building on a with like a lift and all that stuff, he was there for the first day helping me out, being like, um, yeah, just guiding me, guiding me like how to not spend too much time doing the things that you don't need to do because I think that that's what gets people a lot is like there's a lot of things you don't need to do <laughs> so and what, yeah and what are some of them i think for me it's like it doesn't have to be very it, it like my work looks on canvas or has looked especially like quite tight and i i think i could spend a lot of time like trying to like paint really nicely and like tight lines and then you go like 20 meters away which is where you're standing on the sidewalk looking at the mural and you're like that was a waste of goddamn time um, painting it really tight because when you when you take a distance, it's 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 it, it is already tight even if it's loose. And I think he kind of got me into painting with looser brush strokes. Like instead of using little brushes and spray paint, I was just using like the biggest brush you could on like kind of dry paint and moving it around. And those techniques kind of work really well with with my work. And I actually was able to transfer that into my canvas work. So somehow they kind of helped each other out. Yeah. And what about um, uh, getting the scale and proportions right? What technique did you use to do that? Uh, in the beginning, we just used I used just use grid system, just grid system. That's how he taught me to do that. I think I think people now they use this app. I don't really know how they do it because I don't do a lot of murals. I I've only done a few, and and it's something that I would like to do again. But it's not something that I'm searching for, so I'm not by any means a specialist at all. Uh, but I've seen this. I think they use an app where they instead of the grid, they just make a bunch of marks and then they take a photo and somehow that photo's on top of, I'm not really sure how they do it, but I just use grid, yeah. grid system. Yeah. I like, the, I like the grid system. It's something yeah. you can, um, you know, you don't need, uh, don't need to use a computer to do it. You know, you can grid up no. a, a drawing no, but and I, grid up the wall and off you go. Yeah. But I think a lot of people nowadays have started using more and more computer projectors and apps because if you're traveling around the world doing murals and you're spending what 400 for 500 dollars a day for a lift you kind of want to save that day where you're gridding and also i think when you maybe grid it up like 100 walls maybe you're kind of like well it i'm kind of over that <laughs> but i don't know like I, i'm i'm assuming that's what people are doing now with that app and all that stuff yeah um so back to your travels like while you were traveling did you uh did you paint a lot I did, um, I, I painted a little bit, like I did both canvas and, and I traveled with canvas and paperwork and send it, was sending it home to my galleries. Uh, and that was also a way to um, support, financially support the, the, the trip. Because if you get a couple of thousand dollars here and there, and you're in India and Nepal, then you're pretty good. Um, so I did that. And then in South America, I did a, did some walls and I did a, I did walls in Ecuador, Bolivia, Chile, and Peru. So that was kind of that was kind of fun. 
Um, and I think those countries are quite open to people painting away because they have so much color and art already in their lives. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you have any uh, interesting experiences? Uh, with painting? Yeah. I, I think uh, <laughs> on my travels, if I've yeah. had any, yeah, I think the whole thing was interesting. But um, I think the interaction with people when you're painting in their in their neighborhoods were were really nice, and it was only positives. So yeah, that was that was that was quite good. But in general, I think you know, like like we just talked about before with India, for example, or Nepal as well, but especially India, it's like it's just one. For me, it felt like I'm just walked around in one big street theater. It's like it's it's so insane and so amazing and so overwhelming that it's just you don't like a lot of countries. You have to kind of search for the experience. But I felt like India was just a constant experience. That's why I kept coming back. I've been there like three times now. So. Mm. Yeah. I found um, painting in India and also in um, South America that yeah. uh, people who who weren't into into art or anything like that, I'd tell them where I've been and where I where I've been painting, and they're like, "Oh, you're crazy! You've got a death wish." And it's like, mm. but in the actual reality of the situation, was you go and paint, and then people would be bringing you out food from their house and yeah. yes, everything. Yes. It's like you know, being being really grateful for yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I paint with um, roller paint a lot because that's yeah. easily accessible. And yeah. people would be like asking me to paint their house because they'd see it as getting a, another coat of paint on their house to make, make the structure oh, okay. better. Yeah, and I would, I would assume, especially in India, because I did not paint in India when I was there, and that's something I regret, but I would, I would, I'll go back and do that for sure. Uh, there's already so much art everywhere. It's like when your gods are elephant and monkey gods and Kali and whatever, you're kind of open to imagination, I guess, more so than if you got just Jesus. But I don't know if there's anything to do with it, but, but that's kind of how I saw it. You know, when you're, when you're dressed in, in green and pink and orange, you're just, you're open to that, I think, more so. Mm. Yeah, that was a, the one question I got asked a lot in India um, was, look, because I painted about 30, 30 or 40 walls over there. Oh, and they, cool. um, and the, the number one question I was asked was, uh, was is it religious yes. and i'll be like no it's not religious they're like okay continue on then whereas <laughs> yeah. um that that's one thing that i really uh yeah they were concerned about and the other thing they were baffled by was uh, i'm left-handed and um yeah. and my friend i was painting i was painting with two friends another one's left-handed and the other one's right-handed and they were saying why why is he using his um right hand and they thought that the spray paint would only work if you used your left hand because they don't use their left hand for anything about apart from going to the toilet they yes <laughs> yeah they're like I, like why, why are you using your left hand they didn't get it <laughs> no that's kind of like the gross hand <laughs> yeah 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 i said i'm yeah. left-handed and they, they just gave me a blank look i, I don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> no like no one is <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny that's pretty funny yeah so um, so did you go to art school at all, or did you study yeah, any no. anything creative? No, I didn't. I didn't. I just like I said, I went from. I guess somehow you, yeah, like no one taught me art in that way, but I just I guess from conversations and stuff with people, but but just came from graffiti, which is color art school, <laughs> kind of sort. I think. When I look at people that have painted graffiti and I look at their artwork, I'll, I'll often find that the palette with people that come from graffiti for me is like, it's, it's often what gets me with those guys. Cause people have been 
I guess that's what graffiti is. It's just shape and color, right? Mm. So, so no, I did not study anything. Yeah, I'm the same. I've never been to art school or anything, but um, yeah. I, I guess I came from the school of graffiti as well. Yeah. But one thing I was taught uh, when I was first starting out with graffiti is like, you know, do you know, practice and develop your style. But um, but but there were people, you know, my my friends always said, oh, like choose your colors really wisely because that's the first thing people will see. They'll see the color before they see the style or anything like that, and that's where they'll catch their eye. And um, yep. so I always, you know, I learned to use like high contrasting colors and yes, you know, good combinations and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that that's just like it's so many years of of thinking of color and shape that that you kind of it's inevitable that you get good at it so yeah. so i think that that's that is one thing i keep hearing from from collectors and galleries and people and friends and whatnot is that they really like the palette that i'm using and I always look at them like oh i should do something different i don't like this and i think it's just it's impossible because there's the color palette in in you there's some there's some somehow you step to a canvas and you just keep choosing the same kind of sort of colors maybe you don't choose the same colors but it's like the same shades of it like every time you use it it's like oh you keep repeating it because it's you it's your language it's what i guess i started painting graffiti in 93 so from and before you were doing something else i guess drawing so so it's just like it's incorporated in your i guess your veins that is like these are the colors that i like and it's so difficult to change that i think it's like speaking another language almost Mm. yeah i agree i'm i'm the same i'm in my studio now looking around as you're saying that going shit yeah. man i've got a paint with a lot of the same colors <laughs> yeah but, but i think I, you just have the, like you just got the bag of tricks and then you kind of shake it around and change it a little bit and i guess that's like music or any art form any expression is if it's not you it's not real so it has to be you and so that's kind of inevitable that you make you when you're making something that's just from your mind right mm. I um I, I also choose colors based on what covers well, because I you know I, I very rarely use like um, yellows and whites and things like that that um take a long time to uh to cover you know five coats or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I choose a lot of colors based on like I know that you know a, color, a certain color covers well, and it's like I'm going to use that, that, and that. So I'm not messing around with this painting forever, trying to get just get yeah. it coated. Yeah, and I guess that that's really, that really works when you're doing street paintings. And if you're buying cheap painting in India, it's not really good to use a, a, a yellow. <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get a good one. Exactly. But yeah, that's, that's actually a color that I'm having such a hard time using. And I started using it now, and I'm sitting there's a painting behind me. It has, like, huge areas of yellow. And it's so intimidating to me. <laughs> mm. It's so funny how color can be intimidating. Yeah. One thing I've been doing to get um to get yellows and and whites and other colors like that in in my paintings is I've been using uh y- you know using house paint or whatever to a, a really light color to base coat and then just using spray paint and dusting the paint over the top and that way you get the pop of that color coming through. But that's yeah, for me in my paintings, like, like undercoating. Yeah, but just and using uh using the spray paint uh instead of um coating it a million times with um with a house paint that won't coat won't cover yeah 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 there's 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 i guess there's many great techniques to do and i'm I'm quite lucky actually right now i'm sharing a studio with a guy who comes from the dusseldorf academy he's a german painter 
and and that's like one of the, the the big academies of European painting and art and and for me to be able to share a studio with him is kind of sort of like getting a new education in materials because because I know a certain amount of materials because that's kind of what I was introduced to both from clearly spray paint is in my it's inevitable that I use that every now and then and then he can introduce me to so many techniques and, and, and materials that it's, it's like going to school somehow. So in that way I'm getting a second degree art education from an art student. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, That's handy. I love doing that when I go to other people's studios, like looking around yeah. and seeing um, tools that I've never used and just saying, what's yeah. this? How do you use this? Can we have a go yeah. with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things that's nice to share a studio with someone is that, that there's, um, and especially also because I think when you come from the academy, you're so used to critique um, that, you know, like that's like part of class is like that they go around and critique each other's work. So, so I think, you know, for me to spend time with a guy that's used to that is like that we give each other a lot of critique and feedback and, and advice and, and no one's scared of saying like, Oh, I think that that should be, or what do you think about this? Or so, so it's, it's been pushing me a lot lately and that that's been really helpful in my in my work i think hmm. i think i think conversing convert is, is that a word conversing yeah, yeah. conversing with other artists uh, not just about like oh i like your work it's great but also like trying to go deeper into it and actually like critique each other's work not i don't like the color blue but how about you do this or how about that like what about this idea what do you think about this i think i should have like constructive conversations about about each other's work is, is, is really helpful for me at least. And, and I would assume it would be for many people if they can get over that, like the ego of like someone actually saying that you didn't do the best painting in the world ever. Mm. It's, it's funny you say that. I've been um, watching lots of YouTube videos. Um, yeah. There's this guy, um, I think Stefan Berman, I think his name is, but it, it's they're old art classes from an American art school. And he'll like yep. set, uh, set homework assignments to the class and they'll all do paintings and then he'll critique the paintings and say yes. what's working and what's not working. And I've been, I've been uh, watching one of these every day and uh, it's, I've been really getting a lot out of it because I'll look yep. at the painting and go whether I like, I'll look at a painting and go, I like it or I don't like it. But then yes. the way he talks about it and the things that he points out, it's like, ah, oh, I've never, I wasn't looking that deeply at that, this painting, I guess. And it's really yeah. opened my eyes to looking at um, art in a different way. Yeah. And he talks a lot about structure as well, you know, central focal point and all these type of things. Yeah. Yeah, placement and stuff. I think yeah. it's quite quite like I have a good friend who we've been going to a lot of exhibitions and fairs together. And he's really pushed me. He's a Norwegian painter that also lives in Copenhagen. And every time I would say like, oh, like, yeah, I don't really want to spend time in front of this painting. I don't really like it he would challenge me and be like, so maybe you just don't understand it. Like, what is it that you don't like? And, and we would like have conversations about it and he would always push me. And I think that, that conversations with, with him and other artists have, have I've, I've definitely changed my view on what I like and what I used to like, I don't like anymore somehow. It's strange. It's, I guess it's like music or anything. It's like the more you listen to jazz, the deeper you go into it. And I think that that's maybe quite a sort of what happened to art with through it through conversations with friends and fellow artists. Mm. It's I guess it's growth, isn't it? And it's funny because there's some things that you love that you used to love that you don't like so much anymore, and yeah. other things that you're yeah. looking at that you'd never really understood that you're really falling in love with. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's strange. It's it's strange how how that can like something you think is just like oh that's what I like, and then like two years later, like how the fuck did I like this? Mm. Well, it's it's funny because there's a, um like an exercise I did years ago when um probably probably uh, about eight years ago I was um really wanting to transition from graffiti into um art. Yeah, and I just I just didn't know what my art even looked like. I, I, I was doing art, but it was just a bit all over the shop. And um, so I, I got a, I read in a book, um, what, you know, a thing, a pr- exercise to do is to get a, get 10 artists who you really like and collect a whole bunch of images of them, yeah. a, of these and work out what it is about their art that you like. And then um, some common threads through their work and your work. And I found that book a while ago and it's, uh, it's funny now cause I, I look at it and all the, the, the artists, that I'd um, cut out. I don't know. Like a lot of them, I don't know. They don't inspire me as much now as uh, they used to back then. Put it that way. I'm definitely looking in different areas. Yeah. But I think that that's just, that's just life, isn't it? It's like you start listening to a certain style of music and then all of a sudden you find yourself listening to something completely different. And then you, yeah, you just change. You get older. I think that you mature with everything. Mm. Yeah, and it was funny. Were, a lot of them did come from graffiti as well. So it was obviously yeah. like that's where my head was still at. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyway. I think I was uh, very much the same and now I'm completely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm working on doing exactly the same thing now. But I've been, yeah. instead of just buy, um, make, you know, cutting out a bunch of images, I've been buying books on, on lots of different artists who I, I oh, really nice. That, that's I, I need to start doing that because it's such a better way to be introduced to an artist is actually have like a, a physical book you can read something it's just better than than having it on a computer somehow those files becomes become less like yeah important mm. yeah I, I choose an artist and then study them so i'll, I'll yeah. buy i'll buy say for instance a couple of months ago i was studying roy lichtenstein so i yeah, bought no. a bought a couple of books and i've been to his exhibitions and and um that's one of the reasons i really like him because i've stood in front of really large paintings of his at the Tate yeah. modern and and then, uh, but then I also went through YouTube and watched all, every interview and documentary and uh, I could find on him, and um, yeah, you know, really felt like I exhausted as much information as I could uh, yeah. on him. And now, and then I move on to a different artist, and it's um, yeah, I've, I've I've been taking myself to art school anyway, especially yeah, during guess, COVID time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of people had uh, the opportunity to to gain something from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's are so much information you, out there. It's great. Yeah, it is. Are you still are you still on lockdown in Melbourne? I've read something about that. Yeah, yeah, we're having a second wave at the moment, and they've yeah, uh, yeah you're not allowed to leave the house without a mask on, and yeah, there's yeah. all all sorts of stuff happening. But it's um, probably coming here. Anyways, that's uh, there's no yeah. point of digging deeper into that. <laughs> yeah, at least uh, at least I can come to the studio every day, work in isolation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I think it's the same as like it's standing in front of a painting. You know, like so much art you're seeing so much art through Instagram and, and it's like, you don't understand what that is in real life. It's if, if it's like two by two meters and you're seeing it on a screen, that's what, like what, like three by five centimeters. It just doesn't do it justice by any means. And, and I remember for me, a time where I understood the importance of seeing something live was I hated Monet in the nineties when I was a kid. Like I, I, everybody had a poster of Monet in their nineties house in Denmark. 
And I always was like, oh, I don't understand. This is stupid and bad. And then I went to MoMA in New York and I've seen a Monet painting. And I think they have like a whole room of Monet and it blew my head off. And I was like, holy smokes. Like now I understand the importance of seeing something in real life and not on a poster or on a phone and also digging deeper into something because there is a re reason why something is got big, right? Like, like yeah. Roy Lichtenstein and those guys that did yeah. stuff back then. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed with, you've been putting up uh, close-ups of some of your paintings on, uh, yeah. on Instagram. It's good to see, yeah. good to see the texture and, um, you know, some, some nice uh, close-up detailed shots. Cause once again, as you said, it's only the, the image is only as big as the phone. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to see because you can't see that there's like a lots of layers or lots of brush stroke techniques or stuff like that. So, I quite like when artists do that. And I also, I quite like when I'm able to see into the studios, like people are doing stories of techniques and stuff. So I can actually understand like, oh, it's not just one coat of paint. It's, there's actually like texture and, and, and many layers and techniques in it. So I think that that's quite a nice thing to do is like being able to flick through, like if there's a good painting that you finished, like get some of those, like what do they call like close up shots so, so you can kind of understand what this is. Hmm. Yeah. So with, uh, with the, those paintings of the crowds of people you've been doing, um, yeah. like they look so depth in, uh, like deep with, uh, technique and, and color and, and layers. Like, can you run me through how you go about doing that? Yeah, there's, um, there's quite a lot of layers of paint and in lots of different mediums, but it can it starts with, with like, I often start with like fluorescent, paint underneath as like kind of a undertone um and then paint on top of that so i'll have a shine so everything will kind of have a shine some places i'll leave it out but it has a lot of like kind of like either spray paint or acrylic that has fluorescent in it uh and actually i it's because i did um i was assisting uh, a painter in denmark who's quite famous on a mural job and that's kind of how i saw he did his characters like his figures he's quite like He's oil based in, in his canvas work and it's quite traditional, but then with a twist of his, his whatever. But I saw that that's what he did to create the light in the people. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'll try and see if I can do that. Um, again, with the school that we talked about before, learning from other artists and, and seeing what they're doing. Um, yeah, so, so I have a layer of that. And then I just kind of, then I go from light into dark. So, so because if I go dark first, I can't go back to light, I guess. So it's just, it has, Spray paint, acrylics, it has uh, watercolor, like aquaral, we call it, and just watercolor, um, and oil pastel. And then I started using a bit of oil to finish up with as well, oil paint. So, so, so it, it lays down quite a lot, like the canvas is on, on a table, or mostly on the table, not on the floor. Cause, um, and then I use a lot of water, like from a water sprayer, like a duster or whatever you call it, for plants. And a lot of rubbing using papers to take away parts that are wet. And so it gets these kind of like glitches almost, I guess you can call them. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's really just a lot of like thin layers of paint and water to build it up. And then I, I finish it off with, with oil pastel and, and oil because I like the texture that it that it gives me. So that's that's kind of the way that that that's built up. Mm. Yeah, it looked great. I'd love to see one in person in one uh, yeah. in the future. Yeah, 
Yeah, one day maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite far to Melbourne. Yeah. Hey, but you're showing Sydney though. Yeah, I show in Sydney. Yeah, right now I'm I'm, I'm showing these uh, raw canvas based. They're just ink and stitching, so so they're quite the complete opposite. They're very um, simple, I guess. There's just ink and and stitches stitching on raw canvas, so the complete opposite of of many layers of color. Yeah, is that the the things that can kill you series? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They kind of come from from the from the vases I did. I basically just took some of those characters from or characters like narratives and figures from the vases, and then yeah, fiddle around with them and and created these things that can kill you. Serious. Do you find it difficult painting on raw canvas? Not the way that I do it, though. I I would assume that I, there's definitely something I'm gonna dig into now after the summer break here because I have quite a few canvases that are raw stretched. Um. But I think there are different uh, like stuff that you have to do because I think that the way that it receives paint. But I have a good friend, uh, Henrik Gosk. I don't know if you heard of him. No. Um, he also shows in in, uh, in Sydney, the same gallery as, as I do. Um, and he will actually have a quite a, 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 he'll have a big show, solo show in Melbourne next year. Uh, but anyways, he, he paints uh, only on on raw canvas. So, so he will be my sparring partner when, when I dig into that adventure. I, I, I'm never scared of asking other artists how they do things. Like I'm not trying to steal anybody's technique, but just like understanding if they are willing to share and I'm willing to share as well, um, how, how to do things with different mediums. Mm. Because it is like, if you, if you didn't go to art school and you didn't have like those kind of classes where you were explained that, you, like how would you know how to use uh, oil on raw canvas? Like, do you just go directly on? Does it have to have coding first? Like, there's so many different things to, to, to do. I find that the, uh, the artists who share the most information are usually the most successful. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. I think uh, I there's think, an energy think, that goes into their art that that's just a lot more open. Yeah. But I also think that like the new, I think that that probably came through Instagram maybe, but I'm not too sure. Um, uh, I think the new world is about helping each other out and sharing versus maybe keeping it all to yourself. Mm. Yeah, definitely. With those, uh, with those paintings you're talking about, they're, um, they're painted edge to edge and you've got the, the stitching on them as well. Um, how, are you, how do you plan on displaying them? So some of them are stretched on, on, back on can, like bars, but then uh, uh, some of them are framed in, in, you call them maybe box frames in English? Yeah, like box frames. So they're kind of laid in. They have like, they're like, yeah, just glued on on the back of the, the box frame. But I, like the ones that I've shown here in Denmark, I've done, I've gotten that done with the gallery and they have like a, they have their own like professional framing department there. So I just roll them up and they pick them up and then they do all the hard work with that kind of stuff. So that's pretty lucky. I think the ones in that are going to Sydney, I think the gallery are going to show just hanging on the wall because I think they can do that too. And then uh, you could just, I guess, an option to, to, to frame them. I think both things would look great. I think they would look better if they were bigger and hanging freely, but I think both, both works depending on what kind of person in the house you have, I guess, if you require uh, buy one. Yeah. I guess it's a handy way to uh, ship them as well. Rolled up. Yeah. It's not cheap to send to, to Australia from Denmark. I can tell you that because I, I had a fairly big show down there. I had to send a big box 
um yeah that was that wasn't cheap so it was nice to send something rolled <laughs> yeah yeah i had a show in london last year and i um i rolled everything up and put in a, a pvc tube like some piping yeah. for plumbing yeah, yeah. and just yeah. uh you can get the screws that you screw the ends on and uh yeah. and then use my wife's um like strap for a yoga mat and just um, yes. put that over it and slung it over my shoulder yeah Car- carried then- it all the way there <laughs> Yeah, because then you then base that's basically your ticket. I think it cost as much sending my work as it cost sending myself there. So yeah. that would have been better, and then just stretching it down there. But sometimes it's also to do with time pressure and and all that stuff, right? So yeah, it's pretty tense. Um, like taking it with you as well. Like I just get worried yeah. that I'm gonna lose it or yeah. you know leave it on the tube or something. Yes, <laughs> that would be fucking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Get it all like, the way. Imagine like getting off the getting off the metro and then just standing and looking at the tube just disappearing. Oh. Like, oh god, <laughs> that would have been that would have been a killer. <laughs> yeah, not interested. <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah. So with the uh, with the stitching on your work, do do, do you get your mum to do all that for you? I get my mum to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually been quite fun. The first time I was like, because I don't know how to sew, so I was kind of thinking I should just do it and i was like ah, i'll get my mom to help me out and and she she always used to sew my clothes when i was a kid so it was pretty fun and i i feel like she felt pretty proud that she was able to help me out so yeah it's actually been it's 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 not a lot of stitching so um but i i have a sewing machine and i need to get into it uh it's just when you don't know again the material it's it's difficult but yeah i had my mom helping me out Hmm. that's pretty that's pretty fun yeah Little family business. <laughs> <laughs> I found the um, family and friends really like um, having some input into your art. Like mm-hmm. I've had, I've had paintings that have been you know had a lot lot going on in them, and friends will come into the studio. I'd be like, oh, add something to it if you want. And then uh, and then when they're displayed in the gallery, they they'll stand proudly in front of it. Go see that little bit down there. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I did that with when I painted my my a big wall a couple of years ago and. In the lift, I brought up my niece that she she wants to be an artist or an actress or something like this. She's quite creative, and at the time she was eight years old. So so I brought her up, and and she actually painted both on me and my friend's wall. So uh, that was a pretty big moment for her. She was like standing there in her little dress, and my friend's like a gnarly tattooed in his face, big bearded dude, and it just was like this amazing experience for her. And now she can take her friends down to the street in her hometown and be like, oh. I painted that bubble and I painted that there and that that's, I feel like that's pretty cool to be able to say at the age of 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you seem to have a, uh, like a pretty decent list of galleries you've shown with like, um, and most of them are international. Uh, like how'd you go about uh, building your name internationally? I think that it just came from luck and Instagram. I, I, I like it, it, Basically, I was I've been painting for quite some time and having Danish galleries, and and then this Instagram thing popped up, right? And then I got on that. I think I was maybe the second wave because when I went on that, there was already artists having like fifty thousand followers and stuff like that. And then one day I just came home and and juxtaposed have have shared my work and written a little article about me. And then I was like, holy, that was crazy for me because that was a book I like books I grew up you know buying and magazines and stuff. So. That was a pretty big deal for me at the time um, and still is. Um, and then I think I just got contacted by, I think through that, uh, that people saw my work. And then a guy called Joseph Gross, the head of the New York, uh, New York gallery. 
he contacted me and put me in a show. And before I knew it, I was like, I was showing next to Run English and Eric Jones and stuff like that. It was pretty insane to me. Um, and then I think just from from him saying, oh, this is cool, I'll show this. And then other galleries started checking in and then other magazines like High Fructose uh, wrote an article about me. I think it was like the curator from Corey Hillfort now, like, hi, Carol, Carol, Carol something. Um, she wrote about me and then she invited me to a couple of shows. And I think just when you're kind of like in a bowl of artists, then it's sometimes being sh shooken around and then they pour out some, some names and like, oh yeah, this guy will show this guy. Or yeah, I don't really know how it works, to be honest. I just get an email every now and then. And then I think probably also from other artists helping you out being, um, like I think the Sydney gallery came through uh, Jordy Kervik. Um, I think that he maybe introduced my work there because um, he shows down there. And um, I put him in a show here in, in or not here in Europe, in Germany that I was curating. So yeah, like we talked about before, the, the, the artists who shares, uh, share things are maybe the ones that get the furthest. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I think it, all my international shows come through Instagram. Like that's where I get my my mails from so yeah so how are you uh how are you showing your work uh these days like um with covid and everything like um have you got like exhibitions coming up and do you know what's going to happen with them and what's the situation yeah, for you? I, like i guess it's it's very different from country to country uh, like i just had a sh open up a show group show in san francisco with hashimoto contemporary uh and that was strictly online no one can go into the gallery uh, so that's a little bit of a bummer, but it's still representation and, and, and it's still, you're still part of the, the crew and stuff. So that's good. I think the show in Sydney will be the same. I think that that will also just be an online thing. I'm not sure if people are in and out of the galleries, but here in Denmark, it's pretty much back to normal. So I just had a, uh, my gallery just did a big group show that the, the main gallery that I work with here in Denmark. Um, so that was a physical exhibition and it's still running. And then I have a solo show with them in September that will also be, that's at a fair. So the art fairs are running here in Denmark. There'll probably be restriction to the amount of people being let in at the same time. I'm not too sure. Um, so, so that's up and running. So that's the next, I said that I have a solo show with them. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm working. I started working with a new guy in LA, an art dealer. Um, that wants some of my work, how that's going to play out yet. I'm not too sure of. Um, yeah. So I think it's so much depending on the country you're in, right? Like here, it's here. It's just pretty much back to normal and people are going out and it could get in a second shutdown, I guess. But right now it's, I'm working on the solo show and I have to think that people are going to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. I'm working on two shows at the moment and I've got one yeah. opening this week in, um, in America and it's, yeah. but it, because everything's shut down, it's online, yeah. the American one, but I'm ho really hoping that everything opens up again for the, uh, the other shows. I've said to the galleries, I said, I don't, I don't want to, um, don't, I really don't want to show, uh, just digitally because no, it, it's I'm not, I'm not, I'm working so hard on these paintings and I want people yeah. to be able to stand in front of them and see them. Yeah, and it's 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 a bit of a bummer, but then again, it's also part of the times. It's it's so difficult to know because it's like 
yeah, you want to be painting, you want to be showing things, you want to have people appreciate it. But right now, people can't appreciate it in physical form. So maybe it's good that they can appreciate it in in on on the internet. Or yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. It's very confusing. So I think all we can do is just put our heads down and, and do the best work that's possible right now, and then hope that everything will open up. But mm. yeah, we, we we will have to see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've actually gone back to working on paper a lot. Cause that's what I was right. doing when I was traveling. I'd, I'd work on paper and then just yeah. roll it up or in a tube or I'll put it in a big folder. But, um, but I've gone back to that and I've found that I've been experimenting a lot um, because uh, you know, you're not, you haven't spent bought an expensive canvas and there's not so much writing on it, if you know what I mean. And, no. um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've, uh, I've yeah. I bought a, a watercolor pad with a hundred sheets and I've only got about 10 right. sheets left. And that was at the start of COVID. Yeah. And um, through working through that pad, I've, I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah. That's, a, that's exactly what I do. It's like, I feel like every time I hit like a, a wall of like, what do I need? Like, how do I develop some new ideas? I end up sitting down at my table for like a week and end up with, yeah, a hundred sheets of paper. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them have been torn apart in frustration. And then all of a sudden it's like the movement. One day I go in the studio, I, decide to go to the canvas versus the paper and then something new comes out of it it's the same as these these new group paintings that i've been doing is that i was i knew that i was wanting to do them but i knew that i didn't want to paint faces in the way of painting faces so i didn't know how they looked so i sat down there's actually wasn't on paper but it was on canvas i just had a roll of canvas and i cut like 20 sheets and i just started doing portraits 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 and then some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Some of them were terrible. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I think kind of sort of, I know where I want to go. And then I attacked the canvas and then it just came from that. And I think that that's also what you're describing is that all of a sudden it's like you found something new because it became less, uh, what's the word? Um, it's not as important. I don't know the English word about uh, for this, but, but it's, 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 yeah, it's like when you buy a big canvas, one stretchers and everything, it needs to almost be something. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. But then there's also in, there's a flip side of that where I've have been painting also on some big canvases during this COVID mm-hmm. time, and I've been approaching them in a different way. Whereas if they haven't been working out uh, properly, I'll, instead of going this this painting sucks, there's no point in going on with it. Start again. Mm-hmm. I'll just look at it and say no, it's just not not finished yet. It's not complete, yeah. and I'd have to keep problem solving and and continue to problem solve until until it's done but the the yeah. beauty of the covid time is that uh, all the deadlines are being cut so um yeah. instead of having um you know 3 days to finish it i've there's no deadline so now i can keep working on it until until i've resolved the issues and um and i've been really enjoying uh, approaching it like that yeah yeah no that that makes sense a lot yeah and i think i think it's maybe paper is like more like practicing <laughs> it's more yeah. like practice, practice run but then again it also like I, I do like both showing paperworks i buy a lot of paperworks myself because that's also what i can afford mm. so my collection i would say is like 80 percent paperwork <laughs> mm. um yeah but i also often see that that's where people are like artists are the most loose and like carefree and that's maybe where the best result often comes out is like where it's not, where's, where's there's not that pressure of like, oh, this has to be something because the canvas is five hundred dollars or whatever it is. Sometimes I find that paperwork's are quite nice because they're more loose, maybe. Mm. 
Yeah, I've been uh, I've been rolling the canvas with um with acrylic paint before. I, I mean, not, not the canvas, sorry, the paper before I, I yep. paint on it, and it, yep. it turns it into like a, a sheet of plastic almost. Yeah, and so um, I, I really like the feeling. And and when you layer it up, you end up with a real heavy plasticky yeah. sheet of paper, and and it feels yeah. like you got a proper painting in your hand. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been um, I've been doing my, like making my own paper in the way of like ripping a lot of papers into to pieces, and then gluing it on. So it's like a collage of white, and then it has like um, this. It's like thick and heavy. So it kind of looks, I think it kind of got inspired from like the way that you used to make treasure maps, like how they're all ripped in the side. Mm. So then I kind of I like those where they're, so when you paint on them, they already have a texture instead of just the, the paper. So it doesn't get too nice, maybe. Yeah. Because I guess that's kind of what I'm going for is not nice. Because I think that that's the, the curse of, for me, the curse of graffiti is that it's so difficult not to be sh- like tight and straight and have outlines and all that stuff you know like it's it's for me anyways it's it that's been the hardest part is loosening up and paint something that's like loose and not ugly is the wrong word but like just done really like big brush strokes that are loose and laying over each other i kind of like have this oh it needs to be tightened up so i'm constantly battling myself yeah yeah i've been loosening up a lot i, I like it yeah nice yeah, yeah. Um, so Rune, are you, uh, you ready for some, uh, rapid fire questions? Yeah, sure. No worries. Um, name one artist who you think deserves more shine. Uh, then I have to go with my friend Julian Dice that I share my studio with. I think he's a phenomenal painter, a phenomenal guy, and he needs to be looked at more from people. Yeah. I'll, I'll look into him. Is he on Instagram? He is on Instagram. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's one medium you'd love to work with? I would like to do sculptures. Um, I'm not too sure if it should be wood or ceramics, but that's the two kind of things I'm looking at now. And I would, I would guess that wood's the easier. I, I did a couple of, um, so my wife's Canadian, and I did a couple of uh, totem pole-inspired characters, oh, sorry, sorry, sculptures a couple of years back at a camping trip, and that was quite fun. Um, and I bought a lot of wood tools for carving. And I've never used them, <laughs> so maybe what's the what's the next step? Yeah, you look like you're uh, yeah out in the countryside. You might be able to find a, a nice yeah, chunk of wood yeah, to work on. It's, it's around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's one skill you wish you had? I would love to be able to play music. I think music is is by far the biggest inspiration to me in my life, and it's constantly there for me. And I am so jealous of people that can sit down and play a guitar or any instrument essentially yeah um who are some of your favorite artists mm, yeah that's a big one um i would say from from current artists right now i would would prefer instead of dead people um a dead artist i would say like you probably know talar like the danish painter mm-hmm. yeah so he's he's definitely a big inspiration to me i think also just because he He's from my country. It's like it feels like he's part of my upbringing in art. I really like the work that Aaron Johnson is doing right now. Um, and I've been a big fan of Clean Peterson for many years. Andrew Salgado, actually a Melbourne artist, Justin Lee Williams, I really like. Mm-hmm. 
um, Danny Fox, and um, yeah, Aries maybe also. I just was thinking about this earlier. It's like he's, I always keep going back to him and being amazed at what he does and how he's able to change up things. Um, yeah, yeah that's, it, I can continue forever, but, mm. but th- those are some of my, my, my favorites right now. Mm. Aris has got a, uh, a book coming out. He's doing a crowdfunder for yeah, it. I've seen that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, you, if you, it, if you it, really it, like his work, support it. <laughs> support I, will, the, uh, I will, I will. I should buy that. Yeah. But I really like the way that he continuously to, to surprise me and especially with the, with his mural work, but then you see his canvas work. He did those big shows and you're just like, holy smokes, those are good. Yeah. Yeah. How he was able to, to translate an oil crayon painting from a piece of paper to like a huge wall was just blew my head off. Hmm. Yeah. He's really dedicated. I, I painted with him a, a bit when I was living in Spain and um, oh, wow. I went, went to his studio a few times as well. And yeah. just, he's really, um, he's just really committed and, yeah. uh, and just lives and breathes his art. I could imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Calm down. <laughs> relax. <laughs> just relax and breathe. I think that, that that's kind of, I think a lot of young people in general, but especially myself was too wired up and anxious to have things happening all the time and constantly and yesterday. So I think that, relaxing and calming down i think you and i were just when we met up we were both just came from some kind of meditation um and i think that that um that that's the advice i would give myself mm. do you think it, it comes from graffiti as well like wanting to run around and be you know the most notorious in the city and i think, you know, I think up uh, everywhere and i think graffiti related lifestyle is a pretty it's of course not the same thing everywhere and for everyone but it often comes with uh, a certain amount of energy. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, I think that, that that probably could be part of it. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you keep regular work hours? Yeah, I do. I do. I've, I actually, now I have a, a little girl, a two-year-old daughter, so it, that forces me into it. But even before that, I'm, I've always been a morning person, and I find that the best work that I do is if I can hit the studio between between seven and nine and it's often more close to seven than nine because I, I wake up early. So I think that, that from seven to 12 is where I'm the best. Um, and then after that, it's slowly just like, I slowly start burning out. So I work basically from seven thirty to four, five every day. It's pretty good hours. Is that, how many, is that eight or nine? Like how many hours a day is that? Oh, I don't know. Probably nine hours. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And before my daughter, I would work more hours, but I find that often like around three or four, three or four, if you get into the studio at like seven or eight, it's like, I just end up staring at the painting more. You probably do some good thinking, but I just find that like it gets harder and harder. And I think those like 12, 14, 16 hour days that you sometimes pull just to like, Oh, I'm busy. I need to do that. I end up changing most of the work that I do after my 10th hour anyway. So I think that that's something I learned is like, just keep it short and intense or short, like eight, nine hours. It's not short, but, but those long ones, I think you need to, you need to break because it's, it's hard on your brain. Just like constantly what color, what movement, what tool, what medium, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not only relaxing. (laughs) Yeah. I find on, on Monday morning, I'm really anxious to get into the studio. 
and then and then by by Friday afternoon, I can't even paint anymore. (laughs) I'm done, (laughs) and that's why I need the weekend. And then by um, I even wake up on Sunday morning and I'm ready to go to the studio, but it's it's the weekend, so I don't. Um, Well, I think that that's the thing. It's like when you have a partner who lives a normal work life. It's like sometimes, like for example, the summer holidays. I'm like. I've been working a little bit here at the studio, but then again, she's next door. My little daughter's next door. I hear her laugh. I'm like, I don't get a ton of work done here. And I can feel like now it's been three weeks. And I'm like, I'm anxious to get working. Hmm. Like, even though I'm sitting here and I can work, but it's not the same as like your routines, right? Like, yeah, totally. Um, do you have a, uh, a dream project you'd love to work on? <sighs> that's also a difficult one because I think most artists would love to do a major exhibition, solo exhibition at a museum or something where you have like a year, you know, like you have a year to work, you have sculptures, you you have everything by your hands that you could potentially wanting to put into this. So I think that it's like, that will be the dream to be able to create, something where you don't have time pressure, you don't have financial pressure, you don't have any of those, you remove all those and you just work. That would be, that would be amazing to do. Hmm. And it could be, you know, it could be murals inside, it could, like just it, whatever you wanted it to be. I think that that's, that's like, so, so a big show that would give you a lot of time with no pressure except for the end date, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, where are you wanting to take your art career? And I guess that kind of like ties in with the dream project kind of sort of for me anyways, but I guess as far as possible, <laughs> but the, the dream case, the, the dream scenario is essentially be able to do it on full time till I'm done. Yeah. Like I think that that's the thing It's like, and whatever that means, I don't know, but, but all I want to do is paint all the time, pretty much. So that's the dream. That's the that's where I wanted to be is is and if that means that you're a museum artist or you're a gallery artist or you're a muralist or whatever it is that you are, but as long as I'm able to do what I want to do every day without anybody telling me where to be and what to do, that's the I guess that's where I want to take my career. But it would be nice to be able to be recognized by big galleries and and art institutes and 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 museums. But if that's around the corner, I don't know. Who knows. I was lucky to do my first museum show last year and, and I have another one next year. So they're not the, the Tate or the MoMA or anything or the Whitney, but it's still a start. Congratulations. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Cause I was, I was talking about my wife uh, to my wife about this on the weekend mm. and um, you know, you get so caught up with uh, you know, setting dreams and, and goals for yourself that you're like, mm. you never feel like you're enough because you haven't reached those positions and then yes and i and i, I was saying oh, it's, it's crazy to think because like you know i don't know five years ago my dream was to be a, a full-time artist you know yes. but but um and not stressing about money <laughs> yes <laughs> you know and i feel yeah. that i'm i'm you know that money stresses still pop up here and there but i'm i'm really? living that dream and i have to keep yeah. reminding myself that those other yeah. dreams are all bonus dreams now yes. you know because where I'm at now is, is I am living my dream. And I, and instead of, uh, you know, striving for something in the future, I've got to stop and take note of where I'm at and, and really be grateful for everything I got. And I think that that's where 
meditation and yoga and all these things come in and help us is that it like grounds us and it's like no be in the moment right now because instead of like worrying or being frustrated or depressed that you're not there you're still here and here's pretty damn good if you're able to do this every day and still feed your child or yourself pay your rent like you're good and and i actually had a had a conversation with julian my 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 studio buddy that like if you could create if someone said to me we'll pay you minimum wage in denmark for the rest of your life and you had to give away your paintings or lent them out for free put them into a library where people could borrow them like books i would be perfect i'm good I just want to paint and I want to have people have my art and whatever that means, I don't really know, but the financial stress is always the problem for an artist, isn't it? Hmm. And, and, and if that could be solved, I would be happy to just go into my studio and paint every day. I don't need much. So, so that was just a fun thought we had kind of like juggling with, but yeah, I think be present. If you're clearly, I think I saw an interview with cost cost. I think you pronounce it yeah and he i guess he's probably one of the people that come from the same world as you and i that have pushed it furthest at least one of them and in an interview he's like yeah there's still so much i need to do i don't feel like i've accomplished enough and i was like holy smokes okay so if you're that far if you're doing huge museum shows in tokyo and you still feel like you haven't accomplished i just think it's 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 humanity is that we are constantly striving for something else Mm. i guess that's our curse maybe our curse somehow yeah well it's even um you know uh like i watched a documentary on the rivalry between uh matisse and picasso and they yeah. and they were like you know constantly not feeling that they're good enough but i'd say <laughs> like they'd, they'd visit each other on the weekend you know picasso will drive the wife and, and kids around and all that and go go see matisse and and apparently he'd be in the car on the way home, just go, did you see that painting that that asshole did? Bloody hell. How am I meant to compete with that? And it's like, this is Picasso who's meant, you know, top, top yeah, of his exactly. game, just stressing yeah. out going, I'm not, not good enough. You know, yeah. I'm just not good enough. God yeah. damn it. If yeah. you sent me that documentary, I would love to see that. I have not, I haven't even heard about that. So yeah, it's on YouTube. I'll, uh, I'll send you yeah. a link. Yeah, please do. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there, there you go. If Matisse and, and Picasso's having a, having a hard time not thinking they're good enough. How, how are we going to be able yeah. to? Yeah. It puts it into perspective. Eh? It's like the power's in, in your own head. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. That's why you got to focus on, on yeah. Grounding yourself, I guess. And not fly. Cause you have so much time to, to think when you're painting, you know, like it's, your mind goes everywhere and it's, it's important to be able to focus it in. I find that, that the, the method that I, that I'm using now is like, it's really helping me to, to be where I'm at, to be here be happy with what i'm doing and i think that that's that's quite important yeah do you have uh, any future plans or projects yeah so i got the solo exhibition i was talking about earlier with with my gallery in denmark gallery wilson uh that's the next like big show and then then i'm working with um, this art dealer called stefan simkovic in in la and we'll see where that goes he's yeah, that could be quite interesting for me. And yeah, so that's the link. And then I guess I have a, a show coming up here that I already delivered the painting to in, in, in Sydney. So yeah, quite a, quite a few things, I guess. Cool. It's good to uh, know you're still busy with all the crazy stuff that's happening in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully um, the art world seemed to be bouncing back pretty well here in Denmark. I'm not too sure about other countries, but, um, but people are buying art. People are going to shows. So... Mm-hmm. 
so I think that Denmark's been pretty lucky with that, and we had a quite a quite a uh, the government did quite had a quite a good package for artists that were that had exhibition closing and all this stuff. So there was quite some support to to collect from people. So that was good. Hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, I've I've been selling lots of um, smaller works online, but also I've been um, speaking with galleries and uh, just asking them how they're coping and how they're going. They're like, yeah, we're actually doing really well. I think uh, a lot of people are in their houses just going, it's, I think it's time to get some new artwork. Yeah, that's, that's what you were hoping for, right? Was the people were sitting around in the houses that were normally at work being like, well, that wall's pretty empty. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, but it is kind of it is kind of weird. I saw this, I don't know if they call it meme the other day or something, but I saw this thing it was like this i think it was the police station in baltimore or something on fire and it was like the, the current situation of the world and underneath there was an artist like you want to buy a painting it's like it feels a little bit weird trying to promote art at the time where the world has a virus and america is burning and you know, it's it's a little bit kind of confusing situation i think i think a yeah. lot of people felt that. yeah I, I saw that meme as well and i don't I know i just it didn't sit that well with me i thought it was a um I thought it was a, uh, I don't know, it, the, the thinking behind it was um, one of uh, lack, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. No, I understand what you mean, but I just thought it's like, that's how I felt a couple of times. I know a couple of my friends definitely had that, like, is it time to promote my ego, which essentially is art or ego, I don't know if it's art, but, but is it time to promote me uh, or is it time to do something else? I yeah. don't know. But the flip side of that is there's so much shit going on everywhere and everyone's stressing like, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are stressing out. And, um, and I think it's a good, it's good to maybe, you know, show, promote your artwork and give someone something else to think about and look at. It's very, I think in crisis situation, music and, and art and anything that takes your mind somewhere else gives you hope or that someone's still creating. I think also maybe it was good for people to be like all of a sudden people at home, they're on the internet, they don't know what to do with themselves. And then you see artists are still painting, musicians are still, even though they can't play gigs, you can't go to to an exhibition, there's still creativity creativity flowing in the world. And I think that that's, that gives you probably hope. I would assume that gave me hope that I, that I saw people doing amazing work at crisis times. Like, okay, sweet. Like, it's still going. Yeah. Well, I found this has been one of the most uh, creative times for me in my whole art career yeah. because, of, because awesome. there's been time and space to uh, yeah. stop and think and, and experiment instead of having like go, go, go and working towards deadlines. I've actually got a yeah. bit more um, time to really think about things. And as I was saying before, you know, look at something that's not quite working instead of pushing yeah. it out there in the world going, hang on, let's, let's, let's work this one out. Well, I guess it almost is kind of sort of like an artist in residence. <laughs> exactly. Like, but just without your choice, choice, all of a sudden it was there. Mm-hmm. And I think also if you, if you as an artist or a musician or anybody didn't come out with something from this, it's, it's wrong to say that you, that you messed up, but like you had this time, like it will, there was so much time on your hands that you've probably been wanting to have for some time. And then, it, then it was there. And I find that most of my friends that are painters came out with something like I feel like a lot of people came out with, with new, new work that were stronger than the work that I saw before. And that's awesome. It's, it's very, I guess there's a lot of hope in that. Mm. Well, the, you know, the way I, I see it as well is 
with artists and uh, musicians, uh, you know, people writing, writing um, screenplays for movies, TV shows, like the stuff that's being produced right now is, I think it's going to be, you know, you have to give it a year or so for everything to start coming out into the world, but there's going to be so much good, good stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. And then I think some people have you know, like, there'll be some big exhibitions coming up in the end of the year where people really, where, where things hopefully will open up that so it'll be interesting to see where, where it heads. Mm. So, um, so where's the best place for uh, people to see your work online? I guess Instagram. Yeah. What's your Instagram. handle? Uh, Rune, are you any? And then I think it's called an underscore. Yep. Christensen with CH. Cool. Yeah. So give it a, give it a look. <laughs> yeah. Check out his, uh, check out his artwork, everyone. It's amazing. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, Rune. Well, it's been great chatting to you. Um, thanks a lot for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's, um, been uh, been really good conversation yeah thank you man it's it's nice to 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 talk to someone about your own work and their work because it kind of like makes me reflect on like what the hell we're doing it's it's nice it kind of like it's a it's a challenge somehow you know like because there's some so much in your own thing that like when someone actually asks you a couple of questions it's like oh i haven't thought of that so yeah thank you for for taking taking me on here and, and asking me some good questions ah no problem <laughs>